afternoon I preach to you the Word of God as it's read it in the teaching of our Lord in Matthew 6, verse 9b, our Father in heaven. The church's confession concerning this is Lord's Day 46 in the Heidelberg Catechism, page 560 in the Book of Praise. Why has Christ commanded us to address God as our Father? To awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer that childlike reverence and trust toward God which should be basic to our prayer. God has become our Father through Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. Why is there added in heaven? These words teach us not to think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner and to expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer that our Lord prayed, but it's also a model or a paradigm that he gave to us for teaching purposes. The model that our Lord Jesus gave to us stands in contrast to the prayer of the hypocrites prayer which they spoke about themselves was directed to the people around them rather than to the God who's in heaven. The Lord's Prayer uses meaningful words and we find that our Lord Jesus teaches it in the context of warning against the prayer of the hypocrites. He says we're to pray to our Father who is in secret. That's in verse 6 of chapter 6 of Matthew. And then he incorporates this way of addressing God right into that model prayer that he taught to his disciples. And that's what we see in our text, Matthew 6, verse 9b. Our Father in heaven. And since the second person of the Trinity is the eternal, natural Son of God, you could also read about that in John chapter 1, it was very natural for Jesus Christ to call his Father, to call God his Father for all eternity. But then when he teaches his disciples and his followers that they too can and should address God as their Father in heaven, we see that Jesus really wants us to know what, how much God has done. It stands as a theme right at the beginning of, of John that we read together. The words, our Father, coming from the lips of God's adopted children, they're a wonderful declaration of the atoning work of our mediator, Jesus Christ. For it is by his death that he brought us out of darkness and death into the family of the eternal God. And the words, our Father, also give us a specific picture, an understanding of God. 
An understanding that would be very much different than the picture given if Jesus had told us to address God as mother or brother or sister or uncle or friend or the unknown being or simply higher power. In our prayers, we are addressing a holy, majestic God whose sovereign glory fills the earth and puts him in a category that is far beyond any earthly father that has ever been. And who at the same time can be compared to a faithful earthly father when we want to learn about our relationship to him. Jesus Christ has placed us in a very unique relationship to God. And I preach to you the gospel that now we can pray to God who has become our father in Jesus Christ. We'll see that he is our eternal heavenly father. Secondly, he is like a faithful earthly father. How many times do you think that the Lord is directly called Father in the Old Testament? How many times? 10, 20 times? 50 times? 100 times? There's 66 books. In all those 66 books, there are only about 10 occasions where God is directly referred to, called the title Father. And there are only about three more where he is compared to an earthly father. We sang one of those, Psalm 103. And in contrast to this, when our Lord Jesus came to the, came to the earth, he almost always used the title Father when he spoke about and to the Lord of heaven and earth. He referred to the children of Israel as God's children. And he often directed God's children to see God as their father in heaven. To look forward. He calls it to the kingdom of your father. And after our Lord Jesus commanded his disciples to make disciples of all nations. To baptize them into the name of the father, the son, and of the Holy Spirit then the apostles could extend that divine blessing upon the church that we still receive today from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, for the church of Jesus Christ, there is one God, the Father, from whom all things, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord Jesus Christ through whom are all things and through whom we exist. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, says Ephesians, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So we call God our Father. He's become our Father in Jesus Christ. And as we call God our Father, we understand that he is much more for us than our earthly fathers ever could be. We know that with the title Father, God is accommodating his language to lead our minds to a particular way of thinking about him in his relationship 
to his son and with his son to all who believe in him. And for this reason, we cannot simply draw a straight line between everything that we know about earthly fathers, especially after the fall into sin, and then apply these things to God. We think about that a little bit. What does it mean that God is a father? Although God is father, there's no equivalent mother in heaven. And the Bible never presents God as a single father, like we sometimes have a category for today. There's differences. Even trying to apply the human category of gender to God in the way that we understand gender as it's attached to a biological form. Well, that's problematic when we think about God. Although in the scriptures, the use of the masculine gender to refer to God is a fact that determines how we also ought to speak about God, we use these masculine pronouns remembering that God is holy. He has no form. Although God can be compared to earthly fathers in some ways, there are many aspects of this human category in our minds that don't apply to God. Sometimes our own experiences or the way that we have been brought up can give us a particular understanding of our holy and almighty majestic creator. And that's why our Lord Jesus said when you pray our Father, pray our Father in heaven. God is not to be compared to those earthly fathers who are like cold and impassive judges or calculating critics who stare down at us with clipboard in hand, pointing with smug victory at all our faults, or even manipulative hypocrites who say one thing and actually do another. We need to see that God is our Father in heaven, and therefore he is different than humans in the unique categories that we have often defined and shaped by our own personal experiences. So what can we say about our Father in heaven? When we look closely to the gospel of salvation, we see that the title Father brings together everything that the triune God revealed about his loving character and his gracious work for us. As this work was unfolding, it was never as clear as it is today, now that we know Father, Son, and Holy Spirit fully revealed. The work of our Father in heaven is far superior to the work of any earthly father on many different levels. Though your earthly father may have been responsible for your conception at some point in time, God is a father at a much greater level because he created the universe and everyone who is in it. And they all come from him. Though your earthly father may love you for a time, our heavenly father bound himself to a covenant, unilaterally to a covenant with people he created. And in the father, we are reminded 
of his unconditional, eternal, loving relationship to the creatures he made. God is the eternal father of the Christ, who is the eternal, natural son of God. As we said in the Nicene Creed, the same substance as the father. And through Christ Jesus' work, God is also the father of all his spiritual family, consisting of all those who have been adopted as his children. We saw that in the display text as we came in Ephesians 6, referring to the church in love, he adopted us to be his children. Our Father in heaven doesn't just save us from some temporary, some temporary dangers here on the earth, but he delivers us from eternal condemnation. That's the gospel, the Father. When we use the title Father in our prayers, we are awakened to the fact that God sends his spirit into the bodies of creatures who were made in his image in order to guide them in, his li in this life. Although our earthly fathers may give us some guidance, some protection in this life based on their limited experiences, our heavenly Father who created the heavens and the earth, he dwells right in our hearts. He holds us by our hand in this life as he works everything for the good of those who love him. God is our eternal, heavenly Father. God is holy and majestic. And as we confess the words in heaven, they teach us not to think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner in order that we may also expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul. The Lord has given us human language that we can use when we pray to him to understand some of the attributes, the perfections of God that will help us in our relationship to him. We see some of the lessons that we can learn from the title, Our Father in Heaven, in our second point, that God is like a faithful earthly father. God is our father and he is as a father to us. When God compares himself to earthly fathers, that also helps us understand what we can expect from him and how we can speak to him. Thinking about our connection to our earthly parents, we can expect that also God will know us better even than we know ourselves. He, he delights in a living relationship with us and he's eager to maintain his responsibility for our protection and growth in this life. Based on the words of our Lord Jesus in Matthew 7 and Luke 11, we confess in Lord's Day 46 that God our Father in Jesus will much less deny us what we ask of him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. And so the title, Father, reveals to us that God in heaven is connected to our lives in a very special way. For it reminds us that he isn't just some abstract power 
but he is a personal God. And we have the privilege of being created in his image. You think about that, just like our earthly children reflect the characteristics of their parents, human beings reflect the creativity and the wisdom and the design of the God who made them. We sing it, Psalm 139 too. He, he knows how we are made. He, he formed us in the womb. We are reminded of his infinite wisdom, his righteousness and power when we realize that our, our bodies and our minds and our hearts were given to us by God, the Father in heaven, so that we might glorify him. Our Father in heaven is therefore very interested in our lives, in our well-being, in the well-being of the works of his hands to which he gave a special mission. Calling God our Father awakens in us that clear understanding that he is a, a God who delights in the works of his hands. Zechariah, or Zephaniah 3 Verse 17 has that picture. As an earthly father has compassion on his children, so our heavenly father is so interested in our salvation and in the eternal well-being of his family that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for our sins so that we could continue in a relationship with him so that he could adopt us as his children. That comparison to an earthly father shows us the, the abounding mercy and grace of God. Exodus says he is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. And sins. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you've had to forgive the sins of a child, someone in your care. Maybe a teacher has faced the same thing, or an office bearer, an employer. When we say God is our Father, we know He does that same thing, way beyond what we do. That's the picture those words give to us. He treats us with the special favor that faithful earthly parents show to their own flesh and blood. And so we can pray to God with the utmost reverence and trust. In addressing God as our Father in heaven, we're also reminded of the responsibilities that earthly parents have toward all those who are under their care, and this helps us understand what we can expect from God. Start from what your responsibilities are to those in your care. Start from, from that, says God in this comparison, and then you know what you can expect from, from God. God shows his fatherly love toward us in his understanding, in his protection, in his eagerness to help and guide us in our lives. As soon as we become parents, 
we feel our responsibility to provide our children with these things. We feel the urge to protect, to help and guide our children when they are playing near dangerous waterways or, or, or roads. Or when emotionally fragile children are faced with negative peer pressure or bullying in school. Or when young adults show interest in dating, for example, all these things, it, it draws within us that, that desire to help, guide, protect. Calling God our Father comes with the assurance that as faithful earthly parents will do, also our Heavenly Father is committed to His promises to protect us from danger, to save our souls from damnation, and to instruct us so that we may continually grow and develop in our lives. Since God is our Father in heaven, we can trust that He knows what we need, that He will act for the good of everyone who trusts in Him so that we will not be put to shame. He is both willing and able to help you. And so when you fold your hands, you pray, you look up to God or you incline your head and you think of the Lord. You think of that Father who is able to do anything. He's eager to protect and keep you. That's what's awakened in our hearts and minds when we pray our Father. Now as a father or a parent or a teacher, church office bearer or employer, often throughout history compared to, to fathers, to those in their care, it can be very humbling. It's God as our Father. Whereas we have the model of fatherhood and God Almighty that also exposes in how many ways we have failed to love, to care, to protect, to forgive, to guide all those who have been entrusted into our care as our Father has done to us. We, we look uh, we do, uh, what we've done, even as we pray our Father, even as all that comes to our mind, what a faithful Father looks like, and we look at that and, and the glaring failures are obvious, aren't they? Look to ourselves and we notice that rather than delighting in our children or others under our care for who they are, Rather than encouraging them for what they are doing as our Heavenly Father does with us, who receives us as we are before Him, we are so often focused on what more could become that they only hear criticisms and complaints from our mouths. When we hear about our children's sins and, and weaknesses, do we seek to help them through a tough situation as we mourn with them over their sin as our Father in Heaven does with us? Or do we just take it
personally and worry more about what people will think about our ability as parents. Do you love your children unconditionally just because you love them? As your heavenly Father loves you, even when they do things that annoy us, or offend us, or even hurt us? So often we fail to give time and attention to the spiritual growth and the well-being of our children like our Heavenly Father does for us because we're so busy with the temporary concerns of of work and food and, and things. And so as we pray, our Father in Heaven, and we see all that Scripture revealed about that Father in His majesty, his eternal heavenly character, but also in his ability to be compared to earthly fathers. We pray that our hearts go out to the many orphans, orphans who have had to experience our failures as parents, or who have been raised fatherless. And we realize how wonderful it is that Jesus Christ told us that everyone who believes in him can address God as their father. The gospel that our Lord Jesus declared when he taught us to pray, our Father in heaven, is that the creator God has become our father through Christ. And no one who believes in Jesus Christ has to live without a completely wonderful, perfect parent in their lives. By including the word our, our Lord Jesus makes it clear that the metaphor of Father is not meant to make us feel guilty about our sins as parents, or sad about parents we have lost, or angry about fathers who have mistreated us. Rather, Jesus is announcing that everyone, everyone, including those who do not have a a loving, caring, involved father here on the earth, everyone always has a father in heaven. And no child of God is ever really an orphan. There are no orphans in the kingdom of heaven where every citizen of God's kingdom has been adopted by grace. Jesus comforts and assures all the adopted children in God's church that regardless of your experiences, you have a Father who is good, loving, and eternal. God upholds the fatherless. Even sometimes you could say your your own children, when you fail them and they make them fatherless for that time. God upholds the fatherless even in our weaknesses. As we'll sing in the rhyme version of Psalm 68, He is a father to the fatherless. Dear children of God in Christ Jesus, God is your father because of the amazing, gracious work of Jesus Christ for us and in our place. In Christ, God is the dad who does not fail. He is the dad who loves to hear you speak with him. 
He is the dad who listens to you as you confess your sins and who promises to forgive you. He is the dad who saves you from eternal condemnation, who brings you into everlasting glory and peace with him. Being able to call God our Father is an immense comfort for everyone who speaks these words. It's a gift the Lord Jesus gave to us. Every time you pray, let your mind understand who the God you are speaking to is for you. God has no form described with words and comparisons. We can have a picture, we can have an idea what to expect. If you're a faithful father here on earth, you will know that God's love for you can be compared to your love for your children and grandchildren. If I ask you, is that a strong love? I know what you'll tell me. You'll say you love them like crazy. An unconditional love, a love that seeks the well-being of the people in your care. You're even willing to to discipline, you're even willing to correct them when they go astray. That's how much you love them. It's a love that finds delight in giving and protecting and just spending peaceful time together. And yet the love of your Father far exceeds the love that we are able to show to our children in the short time that we have a role in their lives. Our Father in heaven has been loving us before the foundation of the world. He is able to provide perfect guidance, perfect gift, perfect protection, perfect fellowship with us for all time as we are united to Christ's body through faith. He is also almighty, sovereign, holy creator of heaven and earth. He can keep his promise that he will be with you always. God has become your Father in Jesus Christ. Let us receive this blessing with joy and thankfulness every time we begin our prayers. We can pray with childlike reverence and trust. And our Father who knows what we need will hear us. Amen.